require my goodness. Such a wonderful job, my God, have mercy. of the Lord that I feel every time I come into these doors. Amen. Every time I come into this house, I can't say that about every place I walk in, but every time I come in this house, I, I feel an expectancy. I feel a reverence. I feel a desire in the heart of God's people that says, Call, we've got to hear your voice today. We've got to feel your touch today. We've got to hear your word today. I want to read this morning, or this afternoon, I'm sorry. This afternoon, I want to read from the book of Genesis, chapter 3. Genesis, chapter 3, reading verse number 14. While you're turning there, I want to say thank you to your pastor. Let me just say, you have a first class, first rate, four star, whatever the stars are. Pastor, or pastor's wife, and we appreciate so much. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 14. If you have it, say amen. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go. Now, God set up the spiritual relationship, or the spiritual position rather, that that the enemy was going to have to be. In fact, he said from the very beginning, he said, you're going to be on your belly. In other words, you're going to be on the ground. Upon your belly shall you go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity or strife between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It shall bruise thy head. One more scripture. Turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 20. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 20. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 20. Here the writer of Romans is speaking. And it's almost as if in parentheses. It's almost as if a, a final thought. He he puts in here, and he says this, he says, And the God of peace, look at your neighbor say, that's the kind of God I serve. And the God of peace shall, there was no question about it, there was no maybe it's going to happen, there was no perhaps if you're good enough, perhaps if you're a better person, perhaps if you're a good individual, he said, the God of peace shall bruise Satan where? Under your feet shortly. Now, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to put a time on it. He didn't say it's going to happen way off in the future. He didn't say it happened in the past. He said, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. In other words, Paul said it's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's just a question of when and how bad the enemy is going to suffer. Shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I want to preach this afternoon from this subject, if you will help me. I want to preach this afternoon. You've got to put your foot on it. You've got to put 
your foot on it. Lay your Bible down and pray with me and let's ask God to talk to us in this house this afternoon. God, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that I feel in this house. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that I feel in this building this afternoon, God. And I ask, Lord, that this power, God, that has been sung down, that has been praised and prayed down, God, I pray that right now that it would touch every individual under the sound of of my voice this morning, this afternoon, God, I pray that it would touch every soul. I pray that it would touch every individual today. God, we praise you and we thank you and we magnify you. We thank you, Lord, for the presence we feel today. One more time, why don't you just clap your hands and lift your voice out loud to the Lord and give him some praise. you, I glorify you. You've got to put your foot on it. You can be seated in this house this afternoon. You've got to put your foot on it. Now, I was driving one day my car to the airport. And as I was driving, I was driving along the freeway and I noticed that ahead of me it was a nice late summer day in the valley and it was not too hot and it was not uh, it was not oppressive and there was not a, it was the middle of the afternoon so there were no cars and you know nothing about this here but there were no cars on the freeway and as I'm driving there's nobody in front of me and there's nobody behind me and as I begin to drive I could begin to get lost it's a good thing I have cruise control because when I get lost in thought all of a sudden we'll be going 80 and then within about 10 seconds we'll be going down to 60 because my foot has come off of the accelerator. And so I was driving down the car, and as I'm driving down the road, I see on the horizon, I see this black speck in front of me. Now, uh, there was no one else on the road, so I began to watch this black speck, and I noticed that now, now I was driving fast, okay? And as I was driving, I noticed that I'm catching up a little bit faster to this black speck than I should. Now, it is in my lane, and as I'm driving up to this black speck, I notice that suddenly this black speck has all of a sudden become, a, at that time, a model year Mercedes S-Class. It was black, deep, rich black, and it had the, the silver detailing and the real walnut uh, grain on the interior, leather interior. Uh, it had everything on Now, it was not the feelings of covetousness that I was struggling with. It was... It was not the feeling of jealousy that I was struggling with. I had already, as soon as I saw the vehicle, lost the battle to those feelings. It was not those feelings that I was struggling with. It was this thought right here. Now, he is driving this man. Now, he's in my lane, and I have to get, I'm in a Honda. I have to get out of the fast lane, get in the middle lane. I I just resigned myself to the fact I'm just going to start driving in the slow lane because nobody thinks they belong there. So I'm getting out of my lane. I have to get in. In the middle lane and go around him. Now, you can't do this down here, but you can still do this in the valley. I got up alongside of him, got parallel with him, and I looked over to him. I felt like rolling down my window, but I didn't. I rolled down this beside of him, and he was an older man, so you got to take that in consideration. And so I got beside him. As I got beside him, I looked at him, and I said out loud, I said, man, you need to drive that thing like you stole it. Now, I guess that's why I don't have a Mercedes model year S-Class right now. But I said, man, you need to be driving that thing like you sold it because, Pastor, he's driving a car that was meant to be driven on the Autobahn. 
He's driving a car that was designed to go 100 miles an hour plus. And yet he is driving this fabulous work of German machinery in the fast lane on Highway 99 going 55 miles an hour. I passed around him, got back in the fast lane, and went on my way. Got to the airport, and the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. The Holy Ghost said, you're mad at that old man. because He didn't say old man. I threw that in there. He said, you're mad at that guy. He said, because of he was going 55 in the fast lane. He said, now you know how I feel about my people sometimes. I thought, Holy Ghost, talk to me. He said, if they understood exactly what it is that is alive inside of them, he said, they would not be content with a 55-mile-an-hour experience in the fast lane. He said, but they've got power, and they've got glory, and they've got anointing that they have yet to touch yet, that they have yet to use that. I don't know about you, but I do not want just a 55-mile-an-hour experience with God. I've got to get my experience in the fast lane. I've got to put it in fifth gear, so to speak, and say, Jesus, whatever you want to do, God, do it to me. God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it, Jesus. Because, God, I've got to have everything that you've got for me. It is not the will of God for somebody. Up into the sound of my voice this afternoon, it is not the will of God for the enemy to exert power over you. It is God's will for you to exert power over the enemy. It is not God's will for your flesh to lead you around like a bull with a ring in its nose. But it is God's will for you to rise up off your spiritual backside and say, you're not going to have power over me. I've got power over you. It is not God's will for the enemy, any addiction, any problem, to have power and lord it over you. But it is God's desire once you receive the Holy Ghost to say, all power in heaven and in earth has been given now to me. I've got power over you. I've got authority over you. God said it's time for somebody through the Holy Ghost to put your foot on the problem. Put your foot on the addiction. Put your foot on it. And say, devil, no longer are you going to control me. No longer are you going to tell me how it's going to go. It's time to put your foot on it. We read in the Scripture, we read in the Scripture where, if you read the Old Testament, the word authority is rarely used. However, you flip the last page of the New Testament and you go into the, into the New Testament and the word authority is everywhere. Why? Because in the Old Testament, my Bible says that the devil could take men over at his will. However, when that little woman gave birth to a child and brought him on the ninth day to the temple to be circumcised, and the, and the rabbi looked at the father and said, what shall his name be? And that young man looked at his wife and looked at the child and remembered an angelic visitation he had had about ten months earlier and looked at that rabbi and said, his name shall be called Jesus. All of a sudden, a ripple went through the spirit world and all stood to attention and listened up. You know why? Because when Jesus shows up, He brings power. He brings authority. He brings glory in your life. That's what God does best. That's what God does best. 
What shall his name be? His name shall be called Jesus. And all hell said, we can no longer touch humanity. We can no longer touch. And all of a sudden, Jesus began to walk about, healing and doing and healing those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. He began to speak to devils, and the devils had to come out. Why? Because there was now power in the earth. Satan, you've had control long enough. Lucifer, you've been Lord and power over this universe long enough. But now there's a new sheriff in town, so to speak. Now there's somebody else in town that's offering man hope, offering man freedom, offering man deliverance. If that man will just put his foot. Somebody in this place, it's time to bring the devil down and put your foot on him. Somebody, you've been living in a world, you've been living in a life where the enemy has been telling you how it's going to go. You've been living in a world that says you're addicted to this and you're always going to be addicted to this. You've been living in a, in a situation that said you're always going to have this problem and you're never going to get rid of it. And you have been living under the dictates of the enemy. But once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you've got power alive inside of you, you've got to walk up to that thing and say, devil, you're not going to tell me how it's going to go. I'm going to tell you how it's going to go. I'm not going to live by your rules. You're going to live by my rule. Because I've got power and I've got authority and I've got anointing. But it is useless unless somebody in this house decides I'm no longer going to live under the enemy's foot. I'm no longer going to live under the oppression of the enemy. I'm no longer going to live under his dictates. I'm no longer going to live under his rules. Satan, it's time for me to put my foot Devil doesn't. I was preaching like this one time. I was preaching like this one time in Eureka. They're all ex hippies in Eureka. And so I was preaching in Eureka. I was there for about two weeks. And as I was preaching, I said this I said, The enemy doesn't belong in front of you. Because if he's in front of you, you're going where he's going. I said, He doesn't belong on the side of you. Because if he's on the side of you, he can whisper little things in your ear. And this good sister with the long leftover hippie hair. Her long flower print skirt or whatever. She jumps up and she goes, he belongs behind me. Everybody shouted. And I, once everybody got done shouting, I said, sister, I love you. God bless you. But he doesn't even belong behind me. He doesn't belong in front of me. He doesn't belong on the side of me. He doesn't belong behind me. He was designed and predestined to be under me. He doesn't belong in front of me because I'm not going where he's going. Oh, devil, let me introduce you to a friend, Giorgio Brutini. You belong under my foot. Ladies, devil, let me introduce you to Stacy Adams. You belong under my foot. You do not belong on top of, you do not belong over me. You belong under me. You do not belong in control. You belong under my foot. But it's time for somebody to get tired of the enemy. It's time for somebody to get tired of the addiction, weary of the problem, and say, I've got to put my foot on. Paul writes in Romans and he says, For by one man, Adam, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And so 
by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. In the beginning, when sin entered the picture, Jesus, God said, all right. He said, he said, devil, and I'm not, I'm not going to address Adam and Eve and all that kind of stuff, okay? I'm not a pastor. Just, just Who did what and who said that? It's, it's, it's a constant strife. That's a marital class right there. I won't talk about I won't talk about the devil. He looks at the devil and said, okay, all that junk happened. Okay, you two work it out. Now you, <laughs> just work it out. You call Dr. Phil, call Oprah, do something. Just work it out. You, I'm going to show you exactly how it's going to work now. I'm going to show you exactly the situation now. You're going to be on the ground, and you're going to eat dust for the rest of your life. And there's going to be something come out of this union right here called Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Word in flesh. It's going to come out of this out of this humanity right here, and you're going to bruise his heel. Oh, but he is going to bruise your head. He is going to place his authority, and he is going to place his power over you. Oh, when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same authority resides inside of me. The same power and the same anointing and the same glory is risen upon you. Arise and shine, the prophet said, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I've got power and I'm going to put my foot on the enemy. I want to put my foot it was in Gethsemane First crucifixion did not take place at Calvary. The first crucifixion took place in Gethsemane. The one side that said, you're about ready as a sinless man, about ready to die for a sinful world. Something cried out inside of Jesus. Have you ever thought, God, I have been wronged? Have you ever thought, God, I don't deserve this? Have you ever thought, God, why is all hell breaking loose against me? Why am I going through this? You're a sinless man about ready to die for a sinful world. Father, if it be possible... Every flesh in his body was crying out, saying, we don't want to die. We don't want to die. We're sinless. We've never sinned before. And we're about ready to die for alcoholics, for drug addicts. We're about ready to die for adulterers, for fornicators. We're about ready to die for liars and self-righteous people. We're about ready to die for everybody. We don't want to die. The flesh cried out and said, no, 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 no. No, please, please. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. God... I should not be here, God. This shouldn't be happening to me, God. This shouldn't be taking place in my life, God. I've been wrong. I've been dealt a wrong hand, God. All of a sudden, though, the Spirit that said you're going to be the one that's going to take away the sin of the world. I planned this from the foundation of the world. All of a sudden the Spirit said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And when he said those words, the foot of Jesus said, I'm going to put my foot on the flesh that doesn't want to pray, that doesn't want to worship, that doesn't want to do anything, that wants to be offended. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's why 
when I come in this house, I don't feel like shouting, but I'm going to praise Him. I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to praise Him. I don't feel like responding, but I'm going to praise Him. I've got to put my foot. In the garden, Jesus put his foot on the flesh. It's time for somebody. Every lust has been rising up inside of you and trying to draw you away from God. You've got to say, God, it's time for me to put my foot on it. Every temptation that is trying to drag you out and get your mind out of this service right now. Every temptation that's trying to pull you back out into the world. You've got to rise up inside of you and say, God, I am struggling. God, I'm doing all that. God, everything's coming again. Me. Nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but thine be done. It's time for me to put. He hasn't done anything wrong. I'm not the right one to do this. I'm not the right one to administer judgment. This is a religious thing. I, I, I really just want to get this over with. Well, I think I will do something that will just appease them. All right. Don't you know that I have power to cause you to live or die right now? Say something. You're a king. Say something. My kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my soldiers, I would have bid them, and they would have come and fight for me. It's a religious matter. Take him to the post. Strip him of his clothes. It's not the pretty picture we see in pictures and in pictures and in the movies. Strip him of his clothes. Strap him against the post. And with every whip. With every stripe laid across his back. Again, the flesh crying out, I should not be here. Again, the flesh crying out, I should not take it. This should not be taking place. Again, the flesh crying out for mercy. Again, the flesh crying out saying, I should not be here. But the Spirit saying, I put my foot on you a long time ago. Because right now, I put my foot on the flesh. But right now, I'm getting ready at this point. I'm getting ready at this moment to put my foot on disease. Every disease is about ready to come upon humanity. I'm going to put my foot on it. I'm going to put my foot on AIDS. I'm going to put my foot on leukemia. I'm going to put my foot on cancer. I'm going to put my foot on it. With every stripe across his back, he put his foot on disease and said, no longer does disease have to rule humanity. You've got no power. You've got no authority. I have put my foot Somebody in this house, God's going to give you a healing. Why? Because God has already put Many times we look at the need, we look at the need for a miracle. And we think, I've got to have enough faith for the miracle to come to pass. That's wrong. The only faith I have to have, he's already done it. The only faith I have to have. 
is the faith to pick my foot up and put my foot on the Z. Why? Because I'm only doing what I've seen my father do. I'm only doing what I've seen Jesus do. The only faith I've got to have is to slip up out of a pew and say, God, I may have worn a trough in the carpet coming to this altar so many times, but when I come here today, when I come here today, God, no longer am I putting faith and saying, God, i got to have enough faith for the miracle. You've already done the miracle. You've already put your foot on disease. Now, God, I'm just a vessel to receive your miracle. Now, I'm just a vessel to receive your healing. You put your foot on it. Now, it's time for me. And as they stretched his body, carried his cross up the hill, as they stretched his body across the cross and nailed his hands and nailed his feet, they lifted up the cross and dropped it in the hole. And when Jesus cried out, it is finished. Like I mentioned not too many days ago, the enemy said it was over, but Jesus said it's just begun. The enemy said, it's finished. It's over with. But in reality, Jesus said, my plan is just starting to roll into action. Because my plan doesn't end on a cross. My plan ends in, a, in an upper room somewhere. My plan doesn't end right here in death. My plan always ends in life. My plan doesn't end in destruction. My plan always ends in resurrection power. Oh, and when he cried out, it is finished. He put his foot on sin. And every sin that had humanity bound, Jesus put his foot on it. I put my foot on the flesh. I put my foot on disease. And now I put my foot on sin. No longer do you have... No longer do you have to live under addiction. No longer do you have to live under problem. No longer do you have to live under sin. Jesus said, I have put... What's going to happen? It's, oh, man. Somebody, you're about ready to leave. Somebody, you're about ready to come up out of a grave that the enemy told you you're going to die here. The enemy told you it's no hope for you. You're going to, you're going to live. You're going to die here. But somebody's about ready to come up out of the tomb. Somebody's about ready to come up out of the grave where the enemy said you're going to die here. Oh, and on the third day when the stone was rolled back. You know what? You know what? I have a feeling. I have a feeling Jesus did not need the stone to be rolled away. I think he could just walk right through the stone. Because stones and gates and barriers mean nothing to God. He just goes right through them. But he said, you know what? I want to show humanity that every, uh, that every barrier they put in my way, every hindrance that they try to put in front of me, every obstacle they try to put in front of me, every excuse that they try to come up with why they cannot be touched, why they cannot be healed, I'm about ready just to move all that junk aside. I'm going to move that aside and walk right past it. I'm going to walk right past it. Because on the third day, I'm going to put, I already put my foot on the flesh. I put my foot on disease. I put my foot on sin. And on the third day when I rise again, I'm going to put my foot on death. Death, where is thy victory? Grace where is thy sting? Ah, is it any wonder that David wrote, I shall not die, but I shall live. 
It's time to come up out of the grave. It's time to come up out of that problem. It's time to come up out of that situation. It's time to come up out of that too. I shall not die, but I shall live. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall. But you've got to put your foot on it. Terry, way in Jerusalem, till you be endued or clothed with power from on high. And on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them what cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they began they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance Jesus said I have put my foot on death I've put my foot on sin I've put my foot on the flesh I've put my foot on disease now all the power that I had all the authority I had through the Holy Ghost. I put my foot on it. Now it's time for you to put your foot on it. Oh, it's it's not enough to read about it. It's not enough to talk about it. It's not enough to say that would be a great thing to have. But Jesus said, all power that I have, now I've given to you. I've given you the power to put that... Oh, I've given you the power to put your foot on addiction. I've given you the power to put your foot on disease. I've given you the power to put your foot on sin. I've given you the power, but you've got to put your foot on it. Stand with me right now in this house today. Lift up both your hands right now. Lift up both your hands right now and praise and begin to talk to Jesus out loud. Somebody in this house... Somebody in this house this afternoon. Somebody in this house this afternoon. God is warning you. God is saying, I'm going to fill you with my power. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And then I'm going to watch you put your foot on it. When you leave your pew chair in just a moment, when you leave your pew chair, with every step you make to this altar, you're going to say, God, I'm putting my foot on it. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan. Somebody, you're struggling. You're fighting. You're fretting. You're anxious over a struggle, over a battle. The victory has already been won. Jesus said, I have placed that addiction. I have placed cancer. I have placed the problem under your foot. now it's time for you. It's already on the ground. The victory was won about 2,000 years ago. 
ability for you to do what you're about ready to do in about two seconds was already decided. But right now, God says, I'm waiting on somebody for you to lift your foot. I'm waiting on somebody for you to lift your spiritual authority and say, Jesus, I've been lied to long enough. I've been told it couldn't happen long enough. God, I have been lied to. I have been told by the enemy it cannot happen. But today, it's going to change. Today is a new day. Today is a new opportunity. Today is a new moment. Nobody thinks I can amount to anything. But today is a new day. Abraham, because here's the great thing. Once you step up out of your future, your first step is on the enemy's neck. Your first step is on the problem. Your first step is on the addiction. Your first step is on that thing that the enemy said is always going to. And your next step toward this altar is going to be the promise of God. Not only am I going to give you power to put your foot on it, it might be anything in this house. Not only am I going to give you the power to put your foot on it, but every day I'm going to give you power to put your foot and walk in victory and walk in revival and walk in anointing and walk in glory. But what do you got to do? You've got to put your foot. Abraham? Abraham? Stand upon this mountain. Look to the north. South, east, and west. He said, and everywhere your eye sees, he said, I'm going to give you that land. But it's not enough to have the promise, Abraham. Now come down off of this mountain. And everywhere you place your junkie say God today it's time for me to put my foot on it I want you to lift up both hands right now 
Somebody, your victory is starting right now. Somebody, your revival is starting right now. Somebody, your miracle is starting right now. Oh, get ready, somebody. Get ready, somebody. Get ready, somebody. Your revival is about ready. Somebody shout right now with your voice out there.